Once again, I didn't really like process or understand it. For me, I turned cold and I didn't really want to be around like my friends or my family. Hi, this is Shlomo Salsin, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and specific strategies on how you as a teenager can overcome struggles in life. You know, you might be going through anxiety right now, depression. It's tough right now with the whole coronavirus situation going on in quarantine. Whatever you're going through, you are not alone. There's people out there who have gone through exactly what you have gone through. And at Teenage Impact Podcast, we share those stories to help you overcome those struggles. If you haven't done so already, please click the link in the description, the 52 tips I wish someone told me in high school. These tips are a compilation of 20 pages. It's a free ebook. should take about 30 minutes to read. And if you implement these tips, at least one tip a month, it can change your life. If you are tuning in for the first time, and if I say something that you really like, tag me on Instagram. Go on your Instagram, share the story, tag the quote that I said or the tip that I gave, and tag me at Shlomo Solson. The spelling's also in the description. Today's podcast guest is Saba Ali. Saba is someone I discovered on TikTok. She shared her story and I felt like people needed to hear it. Her mission is to help you create an unforgettable brand people recognize to generate more income and make a greater impact. She is the CEO on Unforgettable by Saba, best-selling author, two-time TEDx speaker, brand strategist, coach, consultant, and most importantly, your guide to success. Her entrepreneurial endeavors started at the age of 19 when she met her mentor, and she had to go through a lot of hurdles in life. Her mom passed away at the age of 15. She was in a toxic relationship starting at 14 for about four years, where she had to get out of. So give it up for Saba Ali on why your story matters. I have Saba tuning in from Miami, Florida. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. We are both uh, quarantined. Uh, she just moved to Miami about a month ago, but uh, she's staying strong and she's getting a lot of work done. But let's let's talk about a little bit about your brand and how you got started at the age of 19. Yeah, for sure. So long story, but long story short, I got started with building up my brand when I was 19, when I actually met one of my mentors um, at my university. And it was funny, coincidentally, he came and spoke um, for business week, I went to Iowa State. And the only reason I actually went to go listen to him speak at the time was for extra credit for one of my classes. Um, Little did like I know and find out that he was actually an entrepreneur, um, working on building his businesses, throwing an event in Des Moines, Iowa, and he was looking for interns. So me at the time, you know, I was 19, I was a sophomore. And typically, you know, when you're in college, you get internships when you're a junior or a senior. So I'm always like an overachiever in everything that I do. So I reached out to my mentor and asked if I could intern for him. So um, fast forward, I did intern with him. Um, it turned out to be one of the best interns from them all. So I started to work alongside his companies, which is where I learned a lot of branding, marketing, PR, um, media, social media work. And as I was doing that, I started to share my story and document everything I was doing online, let alone I started to build up a brand and following that that way. 
Um, so I did that all throughout college. I started at 19. Um, by the time I was a senior at the age of 21, people started to come to me asking for help on how they could also build their audience, share their story, and pretty much make money with what they were doing too. So now it's been, you know, this upcoming May in about a month, it'll be two years since I graduated, two years full-time working in my business, pretty much working with a lot of online entrepreneurs, helping them scale their businesses through branding and online marketing. That's awesome. And I actually discovered you from TikTok and one of your videos, you talked about how you weren't comfortable sharing your story, but then you talked about how your past and how your mom passed away at the age of 15. I'm sure it was extremely hard, especially mm -hmm. I, I know some people that lost their moms or dads in a really young age. Uh, how were you able, how did it affect you in the beginning? Yeah, so it was something that was pretty unexpected. I mean, some people would say it was expecting because honestly, my mom had been sick for a while, so she died from kidney disease. And growing up, I actually don't ever remember her being healthy. Um, but there were like her going in and out of the hospital, it was something that was kind of just normal to me and my family at the time. So when she did pass away, suddenly it was something that I didn't really understand how to process. And especially when you're at that specific age, when you're 15, you know, you're just transitioning into being a teenager, you're in high school. So there's so much pressure on you too to like either, you know, show up to like go to school. And then also simultaneously, I was in a bad relationship too. So with, you know, both of those things combined, I didn't really... I kind of like turned my back on the world and became a very cold person. Like I didn't really think that I would be doing anything successful with my life. And honestly, that lasted for a few years. And it really wasn't until I met my mentor in college that showed me that I was capable of still doing a lot more. Because before I met my mentor, I didn't even realize that I had a story. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way too. Um, so one of the reasons, you know, why I started to share my story online is because like people do have stories and if it wasn't for me sharing my story, you know, I wouldn't be able to help the people that I'm helping now today. Absolutely. And for those who are going through a loss of a loved one, you know, especially with the coronavirus, mm -hmm. I, I have some Facebook friends and some Instagram friends that share their loss of maybe their mom or their uncle, how can someone cope with the loss of a loved one right now? Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's something that it's, it's different in how people kind of cope with it. Um, for me, since I was, you know, I wasn't that young, but I was young when it happened. Once again, I didn't really like process or understand it. For me, I turned cold and I didn't really want to be around like my friends or my family. Um, and honestly, like when someone's going through grief and if you're a friend or your family member, and you're trying to help that person go through it. The best thing that you can do is just be there for them. Um, because at that time, there's just so many phases that you're going through that you don't even know what you exactly want or need. Even if like you're a friend and you're wanting to be there for that person, like just showing up and doing things for them will like be, be the best thing that you can do. Because even at the time, like I, I didn't want to, you know, talk to anyone. I didn't want to hang out, but like if I could just, you know, either sit there with somebody else and just go through that process, like it was different. So if someone's going through that right now, you know, I would tell them to really just listen to yourself 
whether that is like you just want to, you know, be by yourself for a little bit, whether that is you just want to, you know, hang out with someone and don't want to talk about it at all because I've been through phases like that too. Mm -hmm. Um, But just knowing and understanding that like when you do lose someone, the best thing that you can do to proceed on with your life is to incorporate them with what, you know, you're going to be doing in your career. And like what I said, I incorporate my story and I incorporate my mom through my work too, because she was a really big part of my life. And that's honestly the best thing that I can do is have her still live through the work that I'm doing today. That's uh, that's a really good point because, you know, I've, I've lost friends too in the past and I've interviewed people who's lost uh, loved ones. And a lot of people are saying that you shouldn't just forget about that loved one because then you're going to forget about all the good memories as well. Mm-hmm. But what you should do, like you mentioned, is have their memory live on through something positive, whether mm-hmm. it is doing some uh, ritual or religious ritual or some work that remembers them somehow, some way. So that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Now tell us about your toxic relationship that you had for four years. Yeah, so that was when I was in high school. And of course, when you're in high school, when you get into like your first relationship, that's pretty Mm -hmm. much all you kind of focus on. So for me, I, I got into my first, it was actually like my first relationship when I was a freshman. So I was 14 at the time. Um, And he was a year older than me. And, you know, it started out to be like, just that typical relationship, like, you know, in high school, you want to be with each other all the time, then it soon turned into like a very just toxic relationship, like one that was just very controlling, you know, he would lie, he would cheat, you know, everything that you would think about. And for me, like I growing up and still now, like I'm a very introverted person, like I'm very, as people would say, like innocent and shy. Mm -hmm. So like when I was younger, I was a lot more like that. Um, So in high school, like I gave, I pretty much gave him the power to like, like take control of me so I would listen to everything that he you know wanted me to do it got to a point where it was like he was guilt tripping me you know like if you try to leave me I'm going to kill myself to a point and it was difficult for me because my background like coming from my background my family's really really religious so I hid that relationship from my family so my siblings kind of knew about it but my parents didn't at the time and my dad didn't know at all Um, so it was hard for me to really get out of that because it was either, I honestly came to a point where I had to get, like, I wanted to get a restraining order from him, but I was scared that my dad was going to find out. So what actually happened was that lasted for four years all through high school. Luckily when I graduated, I finally got out of that relationship, but towards the end of, um, high school when I was a senior, I did start to reach out to like my advisors, um, and we get like counselors in high school too, mm-hmm. but it was, it was tough. And I feel like a lot of people in high school, they do have relationships like that. And it's something that's, once again, you don't ever feel like you want to ask for help, right? Because you're once again, a pl- position in a place where you're just turning into a teenager and you feel like you can figure everything out. And you also feel like you might get judged if people find out, but honestly, like, if I had reached out sooner and if I had acknowledged that I could get help, I, I, it probably wouldn't have lasted as long as it did. Mm-hmm. How can someone, uh, well, besides asking for help, how can someone remove themselves from that toxic relationship, whether it is a boyfriend or girlfriend or whether it is a relationship or friendship, 
mm. a, maybe a relationship with a family member. Mm. So honestly, the main thing that I would say to someone, and it's hard, especially when you're in the moment, because at the same time, when you are in a toxic relationship with someone, there's also a lot of love and passion there, but it can also be like, it's, it's toxic though. So it's not good for you. So the best thing that I would tell someone to do is to completely cut off contact and ties with that person. Um, in the beginning, you can approach it from a way of love and telling them like, hey, this isn't good for me and this isn't good for you either and trying to have a conversation with them. If, if it's times where, you know, the relationship is really bad, usually that doesn't work. Um, but yeah, just cutting off ties and doing it for at least like 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, it, usually there's like that 30-day time frame where you just stop talking to that person and they either like, you know, they stop too or, you know, there's still some tension. And like when you have that time frame, then you get the ability to figure out what you actually really, really want to do too. And yeah, like what you said, it doesn't have to be an intimate relationship. It can be with family and friends too. Mm-hmm. You're doing a really good job sharing your story. And that's how you got people connected to your brand. And But it's not easy for a lot of people, especially if someone is private. You, you know, you mentioned you're, you're a really private person. You're introverted. How can an introvert share their story? Yeah, so honestly, to be completely honest, this is the first time that I'm actually talking about detail about my mother and my past relationship. I touch on it when I talk, if I'm speaking in front of an audience or if I'm posting content about it, but I've actually never done an interview where I'm actually talking in detail about it. And I'm not sure why it might be because I might just not be a hundred percent ready to share. But if mm-hmm. someone asks, I like to tell just because I know it'll help somebody else. Um, and I always tell people like, if you've gone through trauma, like what I have and you've t- gone through really tough times in no way, shape or form, do you have to share your entire story? Not until you are ready Right. And even if I wasn't ready at all to talk about my relationship or my mom passing away, I would just briefly say how I had a really rough childhood. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. until I met my mentor that really helped me change my life. Like that on its own, it's still a story, but I don't have to go in detail if I don't want to. But usually what happens is over time, when you do start telling your story, you'll see how you can start helping more people and they'll resonate with you. So over time you will want to share a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting that you say that because I've interviewed, I think about half my interviews, a lot of people don't share their story up until that interview. Yeah. It's because, you know, my whole brand is revolved around being vulnerable and actually sharing what you have gone through because the more vulnerable you are, the more people you can help. And that's, that's sometimes your, the reality, but you are right too. You shouldn't share until you are ready mm-hmm. as a person. You being in college at 19 years old, starting a business, it's hard, especially you have homework, you have extracurricular activities. You might have a part-time job. How were how you able to balance everything? Yeah, so it came with a lot of discipline, for sure, and a lot of scheduling. So yeah, it was pretty crazy for me, because I also graduated with two majors. So I had full schedule of classes, on top of still working with my mentor. So that was like my work on the side, Mm -hmm. and still running and starting my business. So pretty much how I would do it would literally be pretty similar to what I do today is schedule out my days to the hour. 
Um, so really focusing on what was super important. And also when you're in college, it's hard because you still want to have a social life and you still want to see your friends and hang out and have that experience. So actually my book that I wrote when I was 20, it was focused on college students and principles and stuff that I use on a daily basis to, to still be really career driven in my field of entrepreneurship, but then still be that typical college um, student and go through college and live that lifestyle. Um, but for me, like I, I probably like my last year of college, I really, really focused in on my business and helping other people change their lives. So honestly, for me, my last year of college, I didn't go out at all. I still would see my friends here and there, but I was focused. So like there is a balance um, depending on your goals and your wants, but sometimes you do have to sacrifice certain things in order to really, really make one part of your life flourish. But if it was one thing, scheduling and disciplining your days has really, really helped me. Mm -hmm. People think that you need a lot of money to start a business. and that people who are successful in business have a lot of money and have a lot of knowledge. What do you recommend when your resources and money is limited? Yeah. So honestly, I started my business with $0 because I had skill and knowledge that I learned from my mentors and like jobs that I worked. So honestly, with what you're doing right now, it's the perfect way to connect with successful entrepreneurs and learn from them too. Actually, when I first got started, so in college, I podcasted for about, I want to say eight months with one of my co-hosts who was also a college student at the time. And that was a great way for us to not only connect with successful entrepreneurs and provide them value, but to also learn from them and their mistakes and what we can do. Um, and if you are, you know, I know your podcast is focused on teens, whether that's, you know, high school or college or young adults, there's a lot of free resources if you are going to college or even online that you can go through to get your business started or to learn more skills. Honestly, going to college, like, to be completely honest, I'm not using my degrees for my business. But if I didn't go, I would not have been able to do everything that I'm doing right now because I did meet my mentor through my university. Mm -hmm. Like if you go to conferences and events, you can find tickets for free for college students, mm -hmm. you know, so there's a lot of actual perks for being, you know, a college student and you really, really don't need that much money to start. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Saba, do you have any last tips on uh, someone who is struggling right now, especially being home uh, with the quarantine, maybe there's graduation or promise canceled, someone who really feels like they're losing their mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the last thing that I would say is everything happens for a reason. And the best thing that you can do right now is shift your perspective and just be grateful for what you do have. And as cliche and repetitive as that may sound right now, especially if you're online looking at it, it's true. Because just know everyone's going through the same thing, literally everyone in the world. So even the most successful entrepreneurs you see out there, they're still struggling with things that are going on in the world. So like, the world is slowing down, but maybe it's happening because it's giving you the time and the ability to look at yourself and the skills that you can utilize right now in order to really become that person that you've been wanting to be. So even though we can't see people in person, definitely staying connected online and doing Zoom calls like this and just calling up a friend will help you get this through this a lot faster too. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And where can people find you and purchase your book? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on social media. So you can find me and my handle on like Instagram and almost all social media platforms is at the Saba Ali. And if you want to buy my book or connect with me more on a professional level, you can reach out to me um, at Saba at SabaAli.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this interview. I really do appreciate your time. Saba is going to be, it's an upcoming entrepreneur. So watch out for her in the next five to 10 years. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. There's one thing I want you to take away from this podcast interview and that's Saba selling, uh, sharing her story with everyone. She wasn't always very comfortable sharing her story. In fact, this podcast interview was the very first time she went into detail about her story. And there's two things. One thing is if you're not ready to share your story, if you're not there yet, then don't sh- you shouldn't feel forced to share your story because you need to fully recover um, from whatever you're going through in order to share and help other people. And number two is you don't have to share every little th- detailed thing that happened to you when you share your story. What, how Saba shares her story up until now, actually today was the first time she went into detail about her story. But what she's done is she's briefly mentioned her story, which relates to people. You don't have to go into detail, but you do have to mention it. Maybe your parents are going through a divorce. Maybe you had a loved one. Maybe you had an eating disorder. Maybe bipolar disorder. Maybe whatever it is that you're going through, there's someone out there that needs to hear your story. And when they hear your story, you can make more of an impact and you can have more people relate to you and you can inspire more people. So Saba was a really great interview, genuine human being. And if you haven't done so already, please follow me on Instagram. It's at Shlomo Solson. If I said anything or if Saba said anything that you really liked from this podcast, please go tag us, tag it Teenage Impact Podcast, tag Saba. And until next time.